93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are uh, very pleased to welcome a very special guest uh, to the Eagle for our show this weekend. Uh, please welcome Senate President Pro Tem of the Missouri State Senate, uh, Caleb Rowden. Caleb, thanks for joining us. You bet. Uh, Good to be with you. Yeah, great to catch up with you. You have certainly been in the headlines this week. Uh, you announced that you are uh, going to make a run for Secretary of State, a statewide office. Uh, tell us a little bit about that decision and, and uh, tell us about the timing and, and uh, why that position. Yeah, we, you know, we um, obviously I'm term limited out uh, at the end of next year. So, um, you know, I have to move on from the Senate. Uh, Aubrey and I took uh, the last really, I mean, the better part of a year, but certainly the last four or five months uh, have been very diligent and, you know, just having conversations um, about whether or not we wanted to, you know, keep doing this. I, I, I told somebody else this morning, I, I, you know, when I first, when I ran for the house, I was 28 with, I was married, but I was 28 with zero kids. Yeah. And now I'm 40, uh, 41 as of uh, Sunday with, uh, with three kids. And yeah. so, you know, when you think about these, uh, political decisions, they, they carry a little bit more weight because you're not just making a decision for one or two people, you know. And so we, it, it took us, it took me personally, I think, a minute to, um, you know, to decide, okay, is this the path we want to take or do we want to, you know, get out of politics and go live a normal life? And it was a, a series of conversations and, and uh, you know, you and I share a faith background. I think there were some moments there that, you know, some preordained moments that God put in front of me, some conversations with some folks. And I, I, you know, decided it's the, it's the right thing to do. Secretary of State's a great office. It's a, it's, it's one of the bigger offices as far as, uh, you know, personnel, um, you know, touches a lot of, 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 uh, areas, elections and business, uh, licenses and securities and, and uh, libraries and, and uh, some other things. And so, um, you know, it, it's, um, it took me a minute to get excited about it, but I'm pretty excited about it now, and, and we're we're excited to get the ball rolling and and hit the ground run. Yeah, so it's a big department. What else uh, appeals to you about that position? Is is there something uh, like if you look at you know at your your history as as uh, as a leader in the, in the Missouri Senate and as your work as a state rep? I mean, you've got a long list of accomplishments that we're going to talk about here in, in a little bit. But you know, what is appealing? How do you feel like you're going to be able to make a difference? Um, with um, in that role as as Missouri Secretary of State. Yeah, well, I think there's a there's a, a, a tangible uh, type of, of of difference that can be made, and then I think there's something a little a, a little larger than that. The tangible stuff is just the stuff that I mentioned. You know, but make sure that there's there's a lot of things in that office that can can make Missourians' lives better and make Missourians' lives easier. Um, you know, and we've already we've already uh, identified some things that if we get in the office, we can do as far as you know starting a business and making that easier and and you know uh, not not having to click through a million different pages on a website to to get to the point that you need to do a little bit more transparent with election information uh, election information a little bit more readily available. So there's some there's some tangible stuff there. I mean, I think the other part of it that was 
somewhat appealing to me was, um, you know, it's not the it's not the, the, the most partisan office on the planet. Uh, it's not it's not the one that the, the, the person who, who uh, is occupying the office has to yell and yell and scream every day. You know me well enough to know that's not really who I am. Right. I'm a conservative guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and as you said, the, the, the resume that we've built as far as accomplishments speaks for itself. But you know, SOS is a is is a um, you know call balls and strikes type of office to some degree, and so for, to that end, it's it's more about uh, you know integrity and competence than it is uh, you know being being the, the the loud political guy. And so uh, that that was appealing to me. It doesn't mean that you know we won't pick fights when we when we have to relative to sticking up for for principles, but um, it's it's it, it was. It's a unique office uh, and, and one that, you know, I've talked to Senator Blunt, um, who was Secretary of State before uh, he became a United States Senator, and he, he, he says it's his favorite office and uh, wow, this year, his cool. job he ever had. And so, yeah. he, uh, you know, he kind of uh, helped, helped push me along a little bit. So, yeah, we're, we're excited about it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's already a crowded field. I mean, you've got a lot of Republicans already running for this uh, uh, position. The primary will be uh, next August, uh, August of 2024. Uh, and then it's, you know, it's pretty much a given. I guess I shouldn't really curse it by saying it out loud. But, you know, when it comes to a statewide office, uh, typically all you have to do is get through the primary because uh, Missouri is going to generally elect a Republican to yeah. um, the statewide positions. And, and I think for the first time in a long time, uh, every single statewide office is Republican. Is that correct at this point? That's right. Yeah. When, yeah. when I first got elected to the House uh, in, in 2012, uh, five of the six were Democrat. Yeah. Um, uh, at that point, Peter wow. Kinder was was for for a few years was the only um, was the only statewide office holder that was Republican. So yeah, it's it's changed a lot. Um, it is a crowded field. You know, I, I think it, most all the guys that are announced, I, I know I served with one of them in the Senate. I served with uh, Shane Scholler in the House, and and know uh, Adam Squadron well. Um, you know, I, I think you know, primaries are, are a little different beast, but also I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more intentional and diligent about making sure we have enough money to to uh, convince people that I'm the right guy for the job other yeah. than, instead of those guys being the wrong guy. You yeah. know, I think we, yeah. we, we've gotten into this this mindset that we use, um, you know, these general generalities and general terms to invoke fear and try to get people to vote for you and you just kind of bludgeon them into submission. I, 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 I think there's... <laughs> I think there's something to be said for running a campaign the right way and saying the right stuff, having the money to do that, which is clearly a big part of campaigning. But yeah, um, so I'm sure it'll be it'll be a vigorous primary, but we're we're ready for it. Yeah. Speaking of money, uh, you've got a, about one hundred twelve thousand dollars on hand. Um, and uh, what do you think? What do you think it'll take? Is this something that's going to cost a couple million dollars to, to do uh, to, yeah, to run had, statewide? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the campaign finance laws, uh, we've got, everybody has a company pack. So I've got, you know, a couple hundred grand in another pack. And, and so you'll have, you can raise, you can raise 28 for statewide, you can raise 2850 from uh, an individual. And then that's all they can give to the candidate committee. You can give unlimited money to the pack. So yeah, to answer the question, I mean, I think we have, we've, we've got a pretty audacious goal. I think we'd like to to, to raise and, and spend about three and a half million dollars. Uh, That's we, amazing. I think we can, I think we can do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's, it, it, I don't know if that's what it'll take. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't know exactly what the number is that, that uh, is the magic number to be successful, but 
Well, you're going to need more yeah, money. It's, it's going to take a bunch of money. Yeah, you'll need more money than the rest because, you know, the the truth of the matter is you're going to be an easy target because you've done more than all these other candidates. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you have found yourself in sort of that precarious position of, be, <clears throat> excuse me, of being the, the Senate leader. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's... It's tough to lead. It's tough to herd cats, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, uh, you have found yourself in, in that position. Plus, you know, uh, there was a, a great profile in you in the Columbia, Missouri earlier this year, but you know, you are serving, um, uh, a very liberal district and you are the state's leading Republican. And that's really kind of, a uh, an interesting position to be in. You have had to find a way to very carefully balance uh, those, those two, um, you know, those, those two juxtapositions, I guess. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. but, so there's gonna be a lot of people that, that will point targets at votes that you've made or efforts that you've, you've led or comments that you've made, uh, all in the line of duty. Uh, yeah. so you, I, so you're probably gonna need a lot of money to defend well, that. Well, and I, and, and I think that's the goal is, you know, I, I, I said a long time ago, um, I don't care enough about being a politician to change who I am to do it. Right. right? So yeah. if, if I can, if I can have enough money to, uh, you know, continue to, to, to go down the road that we've gone down, which I think is a good road, a, a really good common sense conservative, a governing conservative approach to uh, to the political world, you know, I, 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 I'll gladly do that. If I have to change who I am and, and start saying things I don't believe to get elected, well, then I'm going to get out. So, yeah. uh, so, yeah. so we're excited about, you know, doing the former, which is, uh, making sure that we have the, the resources we need to, to run a really good campaign. Yeah. One of the, the chief responsibilities of Missouri Secretary of State is, is really the chief elections officer for the entire state. And I, I want to talk to you about elections. You know, there's been so much made of the 2020 election and, and whether or not there was voter fraud in, in almost every state. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think in terms of election integrity? How is Missouri doing? Is there a need for some type of voter reform uh, in uh, the state of Missouri from from your vantage point? Yeah, so we, you know, I, I'd say a few things. There's always voter fraud, right? I mean, that, that, that's a that's it's it's probably not as um, not a, the, the the number of cases as far as quantity goes, uh, you know, is is never all that gigantic as far as what's found and what's uncovered and what's prosecuted, et cetera. Right. But we all know there's voter fraud. We see it every election. That 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 is a real thing. I think um, Missouri has done a good job of uh, finding areas, uh, r- real areas, real areas of need uh, and fixing that. You know, the voter ID law that we passed a, a number of years ago got thrown out in court kind of on a technicality. We repassed um, last year, the year before, with some other uh, reforms, paper ballots, and, and uh, kind of ch- cracking down on mobile locations just to make sure that, that, that the process is secure as it can be. I, I think everybody agrees with the sentiment that in Missouri or in anywhere it should be easy to vote and hard to cheat. Uh, and so, I mean, I think that's the goal that we're trying to, to get to. I think um, I, I don't love when uh, people, um, uh, you know, try to poke holes. Missouri does a good job. Let me say that. I mean, we, we, we generally speaking, um, you know, we get our election results the night of, uh, you know, and, and the, the process of, of um, voting and, and getting those votes tallied and getting those votes uh, known to the public is, is usually a, a fairly smooth one in Missouri. I don't love it when, uh, you know, people in the name of politics, you know, try to try to put, put fear into folks that, that it's worse than it is. It doesn't mean that there's not problems. And when there's problems, let's fix them. Um, but I'm not going to go down a road of, of saying that, you know, 
um, that, that Missouri has been dramatically altered by uh, election fraud. It hasn't. And, and to the extent that it has, it would benefit Republicans because we control everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think I, I, you have to find the balance there between being honest about what's real, being honest about what actually the issues are, and then having the um, the ability and the relationships, et cetera, to to actually, you know, fix those problems. Yeah, I will, uh, you know, just as an average citizen and a former elected official, I, from my vantage point, I will tell you, though, I do become very concerned when election after election after election, we hear about the issues that they have in St. Louis uh, city yeah. and in Jackson County. Uh, there seems to be a real tough time getting uh, those are always the last numbers we're waiting for in a, in a statewide election, of course. And, and why is it, you know, why is it so hard for them to count ballots, uh, the way that every other, uh, city and municipality and county, uh, authority is doing? It just, does that concern you at all that, that, uh, St. Louis and Jackson County seem to struggle? Yeah, I mean, I think you can attribute it to, I, I think there are potential areas of concern. Let me start there. But I think you can also, one, your trip there, there, you're counting a bunch of votes there. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're counting, counting as far as Kansas City versus Columbia, you know, probably four times the, the number of votes that we're counting. Yep. Um, so th- that is one thing. I do think, you know, um, uh, Kansas City and St. Louis, uh, do, do not help themselves as it relates to, you know, ways and, and uh, things that, that they could do. Uh, to make sure that folks feel confident in that process. I mean, I think St. Louis, Kansas City, I want want St. Louis and Kansas City both to be thriving as someone who's still in the legislature and wants to see, you know, economic activity as as robust as it can be in Missouri. You know, Kansas City's done a lot of really, really good things. St. Louis is struggling on a whole host of fronts, crime and, and, you know, population and everything else. So I I think there's... (laughs) I think there is is more that could be done. I think St. Louis should focus on the these types of things that you're talking about, um, you know, as opposed to some of the things that they do talk about or that they do focus on. But you know, I think again, it's it's one of those things that if you can, if you don't want to, you don't want to shoot a, a shotgun. Um, when, when, when you could, you could shoot a handgun and 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 get the get the result that you want to get, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. that's that's always the. It's always the, the, the desire, the motive, or the, 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 the urge of, of a politician, you know, uh, and I've been there. I've experienced these urges all the time is to, you know, shoot the big, uh, shoot the big shot and get, yeah. the, get the attention out of it. I think elections specifically, it's really, really important to be really honest on both sides. And the Democrats are not honest about the problems, to be honest about the problems. And then, uh, and then have solutions that fix the problems, not solutions that cause more problems. Yeah, especially in the primary season, you you hear politicians lobbying out these these uh, big chunks of red meat uh, for people to chew yeah. on, and and you wonder how much truth there is to it. But uh, in your opinion, I've got about a minute left. Uh, is there a sufficient amount of transparency in Missouri elections from from your vantage point? I think there can be more. We we we're we're, we're taking a look at currently what information is readily available to, uh, you know, to voters relative to elections. I think there's probably more the secretary of state could do uh, in making information readily available in local elections, which is not something that, 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 that they've chosen to do for as long as I've, you know, been paying attention. So um, th- there is more that can be done. I think that, you know, the process, I, I would call the, the current environment, uh, sufficient maybe but not good uh, mm-hmm. and, and certainly not great so yeah. I, mean, I think my, my goal as 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 the next secretary of state would be to make it 
good and hopefully great. Yeah, that's the voice of uh, Senator Caleb Rowden, uh, Columbia and Boone County's representative and a candidate for Missouri Secretary of State. When we come back, we'll talk about term limits and about some of the things that are happening with transportation and the University of Missouri uh, right here in our own backyard. All of that and more is coming up here on the CEO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with the president, pro tem of the Senate uh, and local uh, state senator, Caleb Browden, about a a number of issues, including his announcement uh, this week that he is running for Missouri Secretary of State, a statewide office. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last time that we had somebody from Columbia in a someone that really lived in Columbia uh, in a statewide office. Uh, Do you remember? uh, I I know Josh Hawley uh, had a residence here for a short period of time. I would assume probably Roger Wilson. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Lieutenant would be governor. my guess. Yeah. Yeah. And governor. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, so that'll be good for us, I think, to have that kind of influence at the top. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about the, one of the reasons you've chosen to run for secretary of state is that you are term limited out. Uh, now that you've had 12 uh, years of, of dealing with Missouri politics and, and service in the state house, uh, do you have uh how has your position on on uh term limits evolved uh as a as a public servant yeah yeah i mean i i think the best way i could describe it is is i think term limits are good i think missouri's term limits are bad uh and and let me explain that yeah. i think I, I think you know you see in dc um uh you know an open open ended um deal where you know these these men and women are are literally dying in office i mean Diane Feinstein and and among others obviously you know but Diane Feinstein was not fit to be in in uh, in the position that she was and 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 literally passed away while she was in in the senate um i i think that 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 that's not a good way to go forward i i think missouri's term limits uh, the way that they're structured um probably don't serve uh, Missourians in the best way. I, as you said, I've been there, uh, will be there 12 years when I get out, eight years in the Senate, four years in the House. You know, I, I, I would say it took me half of that time to, to really, really get a good grasp on uh, what I was doing, uh, the, the things that I needed to know, the people I needed to know, the acronyms I needed to know, how to, if you wanted to get something done for your community, it takes you to min- a minute, you know, to figure out how to do it. And so, uh, you know, we have, we have, you can serve eight years in the house, eight years in the Senate in Missouri. I, I love the idea. Or I like the idea of saying, okay, you can just serve 16 years, but you can do it wherever you want because you would get, uh, instead of saying you can only serve eight and eight and eight in either chamber, you know, there's a bunch of house members that are never going to run for the Senate, but if they're there for 16 years, um, you know, they have the ability to really, uh, you know, really kind of put their roots down and figure out those ways um, you know, to really serve their community well. So that would that would probably be the change I would make is just yeah. just you wouldn't even have to extend the the, the the number that's possible. You just say you can serve either place. So it certainly does give more um, influence and power to staff staffers, to lobbyists. I mean, that that's uh, I've seen that over and over again. I, I have some institutional knowledge, but I've been there for more than a decade. Yeah. Um, where, whereas a lot of these guys that come in and, and, you know, their first first session, first couple of years, 
um, you know, they just get circles ran around them by, by lobbyists and, and longtime staffers who just, you know, frankly know a lot more about the process than they do. Yeah. So to clarify, your proposal would be uh, if you had a preference to change, if you had the opportunity to change term limits, you, you would look for 16 years max of service, correct? Yeah, 16, okay. which, which technically I can serve. If I would have served four years in the House, you can serve 16 now. Right, right. The difference is I, I can't serve uh, more than eight in yeah. either chamber. And yeah. there's just a bunch of people who, and there are people who get elected, their first job is in the Senate and would want to stay in the Senate for all 16 years. You know, So I, I just think it that that now being on the, have, having been on the inside and seen, seen the pros and cons, I don't think we should get rid of term limits because I do think it, you know, it's good to get uh, fresh eyes and fresh blood in there every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but, but just allowing folks a little bit more flexibility to, um, you know, to really, uh, you know, get good at it. And, and I think when they get good at it, that helps their constituents. I think that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Great point. Um, let me talk about national politics for, for just a second here. And, and, you know, I think that I'm, I will be called a rhino for saying this, but I, you know, the last three weeks have been kind of embarrassing for Republicans and, and, yeah. um, you know, and, and I, I would guess just based on sort of what I have read in news accounts and in, in the way that you've had to deal with Missouri's conservative caucus over the last, uh, several years, you probably felt a lot like Kevin McCartney, uh, and you know maybe like some of these other guys who have been in the running, you know, um, yeah. uh, including Steve Scalise and and um, um, Jim Jordan. Uh, yeah. But you know, you there is this necessity uh, in order to get anything done that you have to sort of um, be open to compromise. You have to sort of be open to. Um, giving an inch uh, to the opposition, even though you may not completely agree with what they're asking you to do. Um, talk a little bit about that, uh, just that dynamic. And and uh, uh, did you at some point uh, in the last few weeks uh, have a lot of empathy for Kevin McCartney just because of what you've been through? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think he was he, he I will say, you know, I think that the day when, when he got elected speaker and he and part of the concessions that he made was the one motion to vacate. Uh, or the one one vote to vacate. I I, I knew he was. I think he, he was always going to be toast. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, which is unfortunate. He's, he's worked hard. You, you can have whatever opinion of the guy you want. He's worked, uh, you know, as hard as anybody over the last uh, you know fifteen years or so to elect Republicans to Congress. So, uh, yeah, I certainly understood uh, and 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 was sympathetic to the plight. You know, I think the, the thing that I always try to remember is, uh, you know, you can't you you can. You can want to be as conservative as you want to be, but you, you, it only matters, one, if you can get elected, and two, if, if you can use um, the office that you have to, to actually functionally accomplish something. And, and I think those are the things that, um, you know, we've been, I've been fortunate enough to win elections in, in, in tough areas for Republicans and, and then been even more fortunate to, uh, you know, climb into these positions of leadership. Um, and, and so, you know, my goal has always been, you know, try to keep the main thing the main thing. That's something that my dad taught me, mm. and and really, really focus on. Okay, we we want to be effective. We want to we want to be able to to get to the end of this session or into this this uh, this general assembly and and have things that we can point to. You know, that our constituents, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, in some cases both, you know, are proud of. And so I think the the the, the flaw sometimes in in the um, in in the desire of of folks to just it, for it always to be your way, and if it's not your way, then we're going to burn the place down. It, it, it's really, really hard to get the big things done 
if if you if you take that route because you're never going no, nobody's going to want to work with you including in some cases and we've seen that in Missouri Senate people on your own side um, you know who who aren't willing to go quite as far as as you are and then nothing happens right yeah. so the, the most frustrating part at the end of these sessions is to look back and say well we weren't able to accomplish A or B or C. Uh, we do have a ton of accomplishments that, we, that we've had, but there's stuff that's been left on the table and stuff that's, you know, kind of outstanding for this year. So I, I've always tried to focus on the outcome uh, and, and uh, as opposed to uh, the, uh, the, the the process is important, the, the, the personalities are important, but if you can get to the outcome, uh, you know, you can really be proud of that. So, yeah, I, you know, D.C. was – I'm glad they elected somebody. Um, you know, I think mm. it, they've, they've made Republicans look – uh, you know, uh, unprepared or unwilling to govern. I yeah. don't know which one. Uh, yeah. So they have, they've got their work cut out for them in the last, uh, you know, few, few months before, um, before next year. To, or the next to, few days before the budget uh, ceiling has well, to be true. lifted. Yeah, you they, know? They've got a number of deadlines. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think it, it dramatically increased the chances that, um, you know, that we lose the majority, uh, you know, in 2024, which is unfortunate because I know a lot of people, Jason Smith and others, you know, worked really hard to help get that majority. And now Jason's in, in position, you know, tremendous position of influence, Sam Graves and others. So, um, you know, hopefully they can write the ship and, and, you know, figure out how to govern well. Yeah. Speaking of outcomes, I want to talk about some of the things that you have directly had your hand in in the last few years. And, and some of those I got to see firsthand as a county commissioner, but really as a citizen, you know, paying attention to the news, uh, you really have, have played such a pivotal role in some of the things that have, have strongly benefited uh, Mid-Missouri. But, you know, I, I think right up there, uh, you know, the role that you played with the uh, the uh, completion of the bridge, the Rocheport Bridge on I seventy, and just getting that approved in the way in the manner in which it was going to be built, uh, the widening of I seventy, uh, in addition to n- numerous initiatives for the university. But what what are some of the things that stand out in your mind that you, when you think about the enormity of the effort or the amount of uh, work that it required or compromise that it required, what, what are some of the things that stand out as sort of um, the top three things that you got accomplished yeah. while while in the state house? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's stuff that's personal to me, and then there's stuff that really is very important for Columbia. I, I remember when I got elected to Senate in '16. I, I I don't know if I ever said this publicly. I know I said it to my wife and family and and my political folks. You know, I, I, I Mizzou obviously in 2016 was on the back end of the hunger strike and really really struggling, and you know yep. it wasn't a popular thing to to support the university. So. My, one of my goals was to get help, help uh, you know, get Mizzou back to a place of prominence. We clearly have done that. I think Mizzou is a strong uh, of, of an institution, uh, you know, overall, but also uh, in the capital, as, as as I remember, as I've ever been a part of, which is good. Yeah. Uh, the widening of I-70 was my second goal, which, you know, it took me. Uh, it took me eight, seven years to figure that out, but we got that done. And then the 7063 interchange uh, getting getting done the proper way, um, which is also in the hopper now. So, you know, those are those are three, you know, if you talk about things that have just a massive, massive impact on my community, on my on my hometown, the, the town that's been so good to me, you know, uh, to be able to say those were the three things that we wanted to accomplish eight years ago uh, and to be able to do it, uh, you know, is, is really, really cool. Whether or not I've, I've become the next Secretary of State or not, you got a lot of things that you can uh, you know, hang your hat on and be proud of. Yeah. You know, there have been countless other negotiations that we've been part of uh, that that I think have been incredibly fruitful. The heartbeat bill, I remember, was probably the hardest um, the hardest negotiation I was ever part of. Um, but you know, as as someone who was 
raised raised uh, with a really strong faith background and just has a, a, a personal position of being pro-life. I think that was important. Um, you know, there's a whole host of other things. Um, you know, some of them were uh, harder than others and more fruitful than others. But yeah, I mean, it's the 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 end result. I think uh, you know is has been amazing and just yeah. to have been in those leadership positions for long enough to, you know, really uh, have a resume of accomplishments is, is really, really neat. Yeah. Politics is, a, I don't think people realize what a messy, people think churches are messy. Uh, <laughs> politics, well, are, yeah. Yeah, uh, politics <laughs> are, are really messy. And I think that sometimes yeah. uh, there's, there's an ugly side that people don't necessarily see. Scott Fawn, the publisher of the Missouri Times was on Brandon Rathard's show earlier this weekend. And uh, he, he was very complimentary of, of, of your accomplishments and the way that you had conducted yourself. And, um, but he was also very complimentary of, of Moon Choi as president mm-hmm. of University of Missouri, and, and I know that you have a great working relationship with with Dr. Choi. Uh, talk about that. I, I think that when you, there are so many reasons for legislators, especially those in rural Missouri, to not like the University of Missouri. It's yeah. something that a, a professor said. It's a student protest. It's you know, it's it's uh, just a, a whole number of foolish things that have happened uh, in this academic environment that happens everywhere. But it just yeah. really riles uh, rural legislators. But talk about how the university is doing right now in in your mind. Well, I, I mean, it's like I said. I, I I say they're the strongest they've ever been, and I and I. I believe that to be true you know it's always better when when athletics are good right right uh, that, that's that that sounds cliche but it, it, it's actually true for a whole host of reasons uh, but but everything else around you know i think obviously the the addition of uh, dr Choi, um you know at just the right time i mean clearly was the right guy for the right time uh, you know he wasn't uh, he was willing to, to to pick a fight when it needed to be picked he, he he's, has, has chosen his words well as uh, as an academic uh, in in a liberal university town inside of a very very red state, which I've you know um, I've I've tried to be helpful in, in coaching them to say, hey, look, this is a fight you should pick, or this is a fight you shouldn't, um, because it does matter. I mean, you can you can have all of the you can try to have all the moral victories that you want to get that you want, but if if you're not getting those dollars, that four hundred twenty, four hundred thirty, four hundred forty million dollars every year from the state. Uh, as well as a ton of money for capital projects and everything else, you're not getting that. None of the other stuff matters. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's a difficult balance. You don't want to tell them. You know, you don't want to govern everything about the the institution. But you know, and I do think an engaged board. I think part of the issues that we saw in in 2014 and 15 were a board that that largely, you know, the Governor Nixon had appointed a bunch of those folks. Some of them were friends of his, and I think they just. I think they liked being a curator, uh, but I'm not sure that they were entirely interested in, in actually doing the, the hard work yeah. of engaging uh, and, and being willing to say no or being willing to say yes when, when the situation warranted. I, I will say, you know, even Governor Greitens, uh, who I don't give a lot of credit to for anything, uh, but also Governor Parson as well, you know, the, the, the picks that, the, that that they made um, to put on this board of curators have been, I think, you know, I, I can't think of anybody um, that, that I thought was a bad bad pick. That's the voice of Caleb Brown, President Pro Tem of the Senate, I should say, and uh, Senator for uh, the Columbia Region, Senate District 19. We'll be back with him right after this break. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. Yeah. 
and welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with the President Pro Tem of the Missouri Senate, Senator Caleb Rowden, uh, also represents Columbia and Boone County. And uh, uh, we are, it, it sounds like, uh, because of redistricting, uh, Columbia is going to lose um, almost all of its Republican representatives. Uh, right now, we, we have Sheree Tolson Reich, and we have you as our senator. Uh, but due to redistricting, uh, there's a very good chance, uh, and that, uh, uh, Stephen Weber, who, uh, you beat, uh, back in, what, what year did you first beat 2016, Stephen? 2016, yeah. yeah. Um, has announced that he's going to run for your seat. And, uh, and really the, the way the demographics and the numbers start to, and I, I don't mean to just completely write off a Republicans' chances in Boone County, yeah. but uh, I do have some tougher. experience with yeah. that. It's a lot tougher, yeah. <laughs> That's right. No doubt. And, uh, you know, but it, but it is um, uh, going to – what does that do? I mean, in terms of, you know, we have to keep the university thriving, and, uh, you know, we went from having uh, five Republican representatives that were a very pro-university and very supportive, uh, very pro-Boone County. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, all of our representation is in the minority. How does that affect yeah. uh, the way we get things done in the state house? Yeah, well, it, it, it certainly has an impact. I mean, I, I remember my first, uh, my first, uh, two years, I guess, uh, you know, our, our delegation was, uh, was myself, Caleb Jones, Kurt Schaefer, Chris Kelly, Stephen Weber, uh, John Wright, three, uh, you know, three Republicans, three Democrats. Um, but, but all, you know, really competent, qualified folks who focused on the right stuff. I mean, we, we, and and we kind of held, held each other to account to, to make sure that we were focusing on the right stuff. Schaefer, Kurt was obviously the, the head of appropriations. Caleb Jones was, was in a powerful position. So, um, uh, you know, it, it can, it can, it, I would say Democrats have the ability in Jefferson city to be effective. I, I think the advice I would give to, you know, if it ends up being Stephen or, uh, you know, any other Democrat who is, is rep- representing this area in the minority, it really is all a matter of what you focus on. Uh, you know, if, if, if everything is about, um, you know, uh, making making hay and, and 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 yelling about whatever you know stupid thing a Republican said that day, uh, and and not being willing to build relationships, not being able to build relationships, not being able to ask for favors, uh, you know, and ask for help from people in in those important positions, whether you know they're in the House and you're uh, you're, you're talking to the, the the budget chairman or the the floor leader, whoever it is. You know, if if they focus on the things that matter for their community, I, I think you do have an ability to, um, you know, to to help make sure that the, the the pendulum doesn't swing too far the other way. But if everything is about, you know, just spouting and spewing the the, the progressive lines on on whatever these issues are, um, th- then then we're going to have a real problem. I mean, and and, and that's going to be incumbent upon uh, you know that group. Cherie's terming out that a Republican will. Uh, almost certainly uh, win that seat, but you know it's it, it it is more likely than not just based on the numbers that every other seat will be re- represented by Democrats. So I hope that group of Democrats, whoever they are, um, you know, are are willing to, uh, as I have done in, in in some cases, tell their party that you know, hey, we we we're good on on these issues, but hey, we care about the university. If it means that we've got to, uh, you know, go against the grain a little bit to 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 st- stick up for them, that's what we're willing to do. Yeah. So you are running for Secretary of State uh, to replace uh, John Ashcroft, uh, Jay Ashcroft. I'm sorry, uh, and it's it's 
he is, of course, uh, in a very competitive race for governor uh, against uh, at least, uh, well, Mike Kehoe and, and Bill Igel. Um yeah. Tell me, you know, have you picked uh, your candidate, the, the horse you're betting on for governor at, at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a, a huge fan of Mike Kehoe. I probably wouldn't be in the Senate were it not for Mike and, and Ron Richard, um, you know, raising a, a, a ridiculous amount of money to help get me elected in, in 2016. I think Mike was uh, probably the, the the first and and most willing uh, person to take me uh, under uh, kind of under his wing as a mentor uh, when I got to the Senate. Uh, I'd only been in the House for four years, and so you know there was just a lot of stuff that I was learning on the fly, you know, uh, Mike is, if you, if you've met him, which I know you have, and I know a bunch of folks in, in, in this community have, uh, you know, what, what you see is what you get, what you think Mike Kehoe is, is actually what he is, mm-hmm. right. Which I think for a politician is, is refreshing, um, is, is refreshing <laughs> and not normal. Uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I won't say a whole lot of negative stuff about the other guys, but I, I, I know that, you know, if, if I've got to, based on what I know, um, if if Missouri wants a governor who has all of the traits, he's obviously very conservative, pro-life, Catholic, you know, um, you can check all the boxes there. But if you want a guy who has the ability and the relationships and the capital to actually do the big things, not just yell about wanting to do the big things. Yeah. You know, Keo's the guy, yeah. and I don't, I don't, I don't think it's even particularly close yeah. uh, as far as you know his ability to do that. It's uh, he's he's incredibly approachable, you know, which I think is really kind of a unique characteristic and and a very positive trait. Um, you know, but it, it's kind of interesting that Ashcroft name is so powerful in the state of Missouri. Yeah, no um, doubt. and you know, there's a big difference between Jay Ashcroft and John Ashcroft. You know, for people who who follow politics and and know both men. Uh, so it's, and then Bill Igel was, was one of those guys that was kind of, I know he gets a lot of, uh, airtime on this radio station, but, you know, he's one of those guys that, um, really was one of the agitators. I was, was <laughs> one of the guys that made it very hard to get anything done in Jeff City. Bill and I, Bill and I have had good days and been bad, uh, together over the course of time, you yeah. know, and, and, and I, and, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think it's, it's, um, you can, Missouri is going to pick, pick a path. I mean, it, you know, we, we, I think we'll have, uh, we'll have majorities and we'll have, uh, these statewide offices for, for another season. Uh, you know, it seems like, uh, I still think we're, we're pretty ruby red, but you know, there, you look at Kansas, Kansas, uh, you know, elected and reelected a Democrat. Uh, I think Kansas was more conservative, uh, was more red than us. I think statistically definitely was. Uh, and they elected Laura Kelly and then reelected Laura Kelly because yeah. of the Republican that they nominated. And so that, that it, if you want to keep the majorities, you gotta, you gotta make good decisions. Yeah. And, uh, we seem to have trouble doing that. So it's really, uh, uh, it's, it's a great point to make. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, just sort of unfinished business for you as, uh, in your leadership position in the Missouri Senate. You really are one of the most powerful, uh, persons in, in Jefferson City right now. Is there something that you would like to accomplish before you become Secretary of State? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we, we've started, uh, we got the first piece of education reform really that the state has seen in, in, in two decades since the Republican took majority a few years ago when we uh, started the ESA program, the education savings account. It's, it's a, it was uh, a small, I think from my perspective, a small entrance into the space, uh, you know, geographically uh, was, was um, uh, limited. And then also obviously a cap on, on the dollar amount. I, I'd like to see that 
program expanded statewide. I'd, I'd like to see the number that's available to the kids and parents who need uh, a program like that uh, expanded. I, I would like to see charter schools in Boone County. Um, you know, char- charter schools are, are uh, currently legal only in St. Louis and Kansas City, uh, the city's proper. Um, and, you know, you, you, there are no there are no silver bullets in education. We all know that. Uh, but, but I think anytime you can give parents and kids more choices, whether it be uh, a little bit more money to, uh, you know, explore private option, uh, to s- explore some tutoring, explore some, you know, additional education, or to, to potentially explore explore char- charter option. That, that's not anti-public education. It's just pro-choice. Yeah, I think, uh, it's you know, we're choice in 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 the, the realm of education. You know, in Columbia, I think we're spending a, a little more than nineteen thousand dollars to educate uh, our public school students and. And when you look at how far those dollars could go in a charter school environment or in some other environment that is um, just not so distracted by all the wrong things. I mean, it yeah. just seems like um, we would. But is that a message that resonates uh, statewide? Well, it's tough. I mean, you know, rural and, and rural Missouri, and that's the reason why we struggle to, to, to pass broader, uh, you know, what I would consider to be more robust school choices. You have you know, rural Republicans who, who the superintendents in those, those areas are, are, you know, extremely influential, extremely powerful. Um, and, and they traditionally have, have been, uh, hesitant to, to embrace this. I, I think I, and I've talked to folks all across the spectrum and all across the state on school choice. I, my, my position is not an anti-public education position. Uh, it's just trying to, I think that the other side is not always honest about what the problems actually are. I, I want both sides. I want I want the, the the choice side and the traditional establishment public schools. I want both sides to be successful. Yeah. The other side only wants one side to be successful, yep. uh, and 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 aren't willing to be honest about some of those issues. So that for me, that's my unfinished business is trying to just keep that ball rolling, uh, you know, and make sure that we've got more momentum as I you know leave uh, in 2024. Yeah. What are the Vegas odds on, on getting that something like that to happen? Oh, I think, uh, you know, uh, if it, it's a, I, I'd give it 30% chance right now. And I got some more conversations that, to have, but I, I think there's a, a better chance than not. I, it, it's harder for folks to, it's harder for folks on the other side of my position on this issue, which, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, to take the position that everything is okay. You should just give us more money yeah. uh, in public education. That's not a, that's not a tenable position anymore. And everybody knows it. Uh, and, and so it, it, you have to do something. Uh, and it's just a matter of, you know, what we can agree on that, that is the, the, the best something to move the needle for, uh, for public education and, and for, uh, you know, kids and parents in general. Can you give me the Cliff Notes version of uh, the future of sports wagering? And uh, this is a, an area where one of your challengers, uh, Denny Hoskins, uh, Denny Hoskins yeah. single-handedly killed sports wagering in, in the state of Missouri. Yeah, uh, he, it, he, it, he's killed it a bunch of years. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to fix that problem. I mean, I, I, we, 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 we put together a scenario last year, or it just kind of happened, frankly, where. Um, you know, we had the ability to to cut property taxes, legalize sports betting, um, and and do some other things in the tax realm, all, all in kind of one one fell swoop. Uh, and and Senator Hoskins decided to kill all of that uh, because he, he, they want slots, they they want slot machines and gas stations. They, they these these video lottery terminals now that um, you know we have a bunch of gas stations here in Columbia that that the, the legality of those are are, are questionable and are in yep. the middle of litigation yep. there's a group that wants to legalize them and that's what's held sports betting up i it, it's 
it's ridiculous, um, but we'll see. We're going to get another crack this year and see if we can get it done. Yeah. We've got about uh, one minute left here. Just uh, any final words, anything that uh, you want to share with the, uh, with Eagle listeners uh, that um, uh, about your time in, in the Senate and the House and, and what's ahead for you? Yeah, just, you know, just grateful for the chance to be able to do this. I, I, nobody nobody thought I would, uh, me included, um, would, would make it as far as I, I have been in the game as long as I have. But, you know, to be able to, to represent the, the community that's been so good to me uh, and my family and, you know, have the chance to really make a difference uh, has been incredible. And I know there's a lot of Eagle listeners that <laughs> – that helped me help help put me there. So so you know, above all, just say thanks, and and hopefully we can continue to serve and be effective for this community and the state as a whole. Well, you come a long way, and I'm not talking about just your haircut. Uh, you really <laughs> have a uh, you've done a lot for this this area, and and we appreciate your leadership and your willingness to uh, sometimes get down in the mud and and do what's necessary to to get something to happen. But uh, Senator Rowden, we appreciate uh, your service to our community, and we wish you um, much success in your run to become uh, secretary state. Thanks, friend. All right. Good to have you. That's Caleb Rowden, our state senator. We'll be back next week with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry, and you've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it.